0: Welcome to the Living Godcast. Our prayer is that this message speaks to you, impacts you, and inspires you. Please enjoy today's message, and we invite you to contact us if you need prayer, appreciate this word, or would like more information on Church of the Living God. Be blessed today. So let's finish the, the, have you enjoyed this? And if you haven't, don't lie to me. (laughs) No. I trust you've enjoyed this. The Lord gave it to me uh, as far as the, um, the title, and then I, I had to go search for the cliches and stuff like that. But just understand that uh, if you live in a cliched life of, you know, whatever, and you can fill in that blank, you don't have to necessarily think that's a bad thing. Have you ever heard the cliche, if it's to be? okay. I've heard that one, but I've also heard the one, if it's to be, it's up to me. If it's to be, it's up to me. And the one thing that you can remember in your own personal walk with Christ, if there's going to be victory, if it's to be victory, it's up to me. It's not even up to God. He's already laid out the plan. He's already made the way. He's already provided the resources we need for that victory. But the question is, do we want that victory? Okay. Uh, Jeannie and Jim May and I, were, we were on the phone yesterday. We were talking, and I think the Lord's starting to develop a sermon talking about, you know, the Bible says that uh, the enemy comes to <coughs> steal, kill, and to destroy. Okay. Now, you other preachers, don't be using this. That'd be thief. You know, that would be stealing. So look this. So he knows he can't kill me. He's tried. There's been three different automobile situations. He tried. He can't steal me because I'm in the hands of God, and I'm not about to jump out of it. And he, he kill, steal, and he, he tries to destroy us. He really does, but he can't even do that. But one thing that Jeannie had said was, she used the scripture where it says that the enemy tries to wear out the saints of God. Okay? And we were talking, and if you hear me preach this, just say amen, shout, and go on. Okay? We were talking about the fact that that's the reason it's important to be in the house. That's the reason it's important to come to church. When we have church, we need to be here. I got saved when I was 17, okay, my mom wasn't a Christian at the time. I wasn't raised in a Christian home. But I got saved when I was 17. And my pastor drilled it in me. Drilled it in me. All, more more the third pastor than my, the one I got saved under. Drill, you need to be there. Every time the door opens, you need to be there. You always need to be at church. And I'm sure the other two pastors did too. And I learned that. And I, and I, I thank God for that. Okay? You know, Pastor Hall and, and, and Pastor Matt and myself, we don't... We don't come to church because we get paid as pastors. We come to church and we're part of the family of God because this is our life. This is our life. You know, there's nothing more important than him. Granted, there are things that try to sneak in, okay, try to do different things to get our focus from this. But I want to encourage you to, you're in the family, okay, let's act like family. You know, if I've got a burden, I need to be able to share it and you not judge me and vice versa. But be in the house. I don't know about you. I will tell you this. Ain't much on television on church night or church day, for that matter. That's the truth. Ain't that much on television at all. But, but he's going to try to wear us out, you know. He's going to try to wear you out. Don't let him. Don't let him, all right? So, Let's get back to the answers to your cliched life. Last week we ended with uh, two of them. Uh, you can take it to the bank. Was Philippians four nineteen? But my God shall supply all your need according to His riches and glory by Christ Jesus. And what you do today, or what why do today what you can put off tomorrow? We talked about in uh, Matthew chapter six verse thirty four and thirty five. And Steve, I'm sorry I didn't give you the scriptures again. I apologize. Take therefore no thought for the morrow, for the morrow shall take thought for the things of itself. Sufficient unto the day is the evil thereof. Then have no care for tomorrow. Tomorrow will take care of itself. Take the trouble of the day as it comes. Don't worry about what you think might be ahead. Okay? Well, this bill's coming due. Well, I've got to have this work done on my car. Okay? Just concentrate on today. And I know, I know. Listen, I know what it's like when, you know. You got to spend this much money for this to be done, but the Bible says, "Don't take thoughts for tomorrow." And, and what does that mean? That means you put your faith and trust in God, for Him to take care of the situation. So today, um, I think I ended ended with this one last week on oh, women. Yeah. Um, I use whatever tickles your fancy. Remember that one? For the time will come when they will not endure sound doctrine, but after their own lust shall they heap to themselves teachers having inching ears. If that's not today, I don't know what is. You know, I thank God that this house preaches truth. Okay, well, people that teach other than what we believe, and I'm not talking about Baptists and Methodists, I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about Scripture that's contrary to the Word of God. They think they're preaching the truth. Okay? What do you do in that situation? If you come in contact with or not face to face with, not confrontation, but face to face with somebody, and they say, okay, this is true, okay, but you're standing on God's word and you're saying, this is true, how do you resolve that? Number one, most of the time you won't, okay? Remember, I I, I think I said last week, I used to work when I worked for the city of Lexington, I used to work with a Jehovah's Witness lady, okay? I mean, she was a Jehovah's Witness lady. Because she had the Jehovah Witness Bible and she had it all marked up like I had my Bible marked up, and and she'd get that scripture out and stuff like that. As a matter of fact, her son or one of her si- uh, children were in some kind of accident, and I never got all the details about it. But evidently, evidently Jehovah Witnesses don't believe in transfusions, but for some reason he got a transfusion, and and, and it all worked out. But she was she was right there. So what do you do when you're face to face with that? Not confrontation, not fighting, not arguing. But what do you do? And I'm talking about polar opposites. I'm not talking about, you know, uh, necessarily the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Okay, there's some people that don't believe that. You know, there's some people that believe it's of the devil. Well, we have to confront that. Okay, but I'm, I'm talking about. I'm talking about people that think they can get to God other than through the blood of Jesus Christ. You understand? Okay, here is the one way that you can logically calmly confront them and it's very simply ask them the question what if you're wrong okay so put it back on yourself when you ask that question okay if I'm wrong it's like Pastor Hall says if I'm wrong and I'm believing the scriptures and I'm living a holy life and and I'm doing the things I need to do when I die I've lived a good life okay I have I've love my wife, I've loved my children, and I love my grandchildren, and if that's all there is, that's all there is. But if I'm right and you're wrong, there's hell to pay. And I'm not cussing, I'm just saying. There, listen, there, listen, there's a teaching out there that there's no hell. There's, there's no hell. Let me tell you something, okay? Evidently, the lake of fire is worse than hell Because the Bible says that the lake of fire was made for the devil and his angels, okay? But there is going to be a separation at some point for people that do not know Jesus. That's the reason there's such an urgency for COLG to preach the gospel. That's the reason there's such an urgency for you to testify and tell people about Jesus. I'm not talking about shoving it down their throats. Listen, when I first got saved, I shoved it down my family's throat, and I paid, I paid a price for that, and I know that. But I've learned over the years, listen, you'll learn over the years that you just simply present the gospel and let God do the rest of it. When I first started preaching, if I didn't have people shouting and running, or if I didn't have people at the altar, I didn't think I did a good job. It's my responsibility to present you with the Word of God when I preach and teach. It's your responsibility what you do with it. Okay? I will stand before God for this class right now at 729 on August 31st. Guess what? So will you. What will you have done with what we're talking about today? And I just thank God that His grace and His mercy is sufficient for His grace is strengthened, is made strong in my weakness. Amen? I'm talking about answers to your cliched life. So today, (laughs) uh, a wolf in sheep's clothing. Know who your preachers are. Know who your pastors are. Now, I'm not talking about Be careful here. I'm not talking about going out to their house every day uninvited. Okay? Now drop them, you know, ever soft. Because, you, know, you know, our homes are a safe place. And I'm not saying you can't ever come by my house. I'm not saying that. You know, but just let us know you're coming. Make sure we're home. Especially if you've got food, make sure we're home. I'm just saying. <laughs> but we've got to be careful. And listen, we've got to be careful what we're listening to. Okay, there's a preacher. <laughs> oh Jesus, yeah, my Lord! There's one preacher online. Who's, <clears throat> uh, he he he's named all these top notch, big name preachers, and that they're fake and all this sort of thing. And this, and I'm thinking, aren't you judging them? You know. And listen, there are, there are pastors that are in the limelight, and they make mistakes, and they fall, and all that sort of thing. I understand that. But God's grace is sufficient, right? But sometimes when you, when you listen to them and you're thinking, I mean, why? why even bring that sort of thing up? Okay? My point is this. Just make sure you know who's teaching you and who's preaching to you. And understand this. These two will never ever allow someone in their pulpit that's not going to preach you the word. Period. Amen. End of sentence. Okay? Ever. The scripture I used is in Matthew chapter 7, verse 15 says, Beware false prophets, which come to you in sheep's clothing, but inwardly they are raving wolves. You sh-. listen, listen to this. You shall know them by their fruits. Okay, you know, I don't judge anybody, but we are fruit inspectors, okay? In other words, blessing and cursing, the Bible says, can, can, cannot come out of the same mouth. If blessing and cursing come out of the same mouth, there's an issue. he <laughs> said, there's an issue, okay? So we, we don't we don't judge them, but we are fruit inspectors. Do men gather grapes of thorns or figs of thistles? Even so, every good tree bringeth forth good fruit, but a corrupt tree bringeth forth evil fruit, okay? If you know somebody that claims to be a Christian and all they're bringing is evil fruit, take them to the scripture, even if it's just in your mind, they're evil, there's no other way to put it, right? Verse 18 says, A good tree cannot bring forth evil fruit, neither can a corrupt tree bring forth good fruit. Every tree that bringeth forth not good fruit is hewn down and cast into the fire. Wherefore, by their fruits ye shall know them. What kind of fruit are you displaying? Next cliche. With one hand tied behind my back, With one hand, time by, and the scripture I come up with that one. Are you ready for this one? For whatsoever is born of God overcometh the world. Y'all ought to have been shouting on that one. For whatever is born of God overcometh the world, and this is the victory that overcometh the world, even our faith. How many of y'all have faith? Okay, let me do it again. Okay, and if you don't, don't raise your hand. Okay, how many of y'all have faith? What is... (laughs) I'm just kidding. Okay, one more time. How many of you have faith? Okay, then you are victorious over the enemy. In other words, you do not have to allow him him to win any battles, period. Okay, so taking one hand behind your back. Verse 5 says, "Who, Who is he that overcometh the world but he that believeth that Jesus is the Son of God? What's the one teaching that, that people are fighting? There's more than one way to God outside of Jesus Christ. There is absolutely no other way to God. How do you know that? Because Jesus said it himself. He said, there is, no one can come to the Father but by me. That's what he said. Amen. Okay. When the going gets tough, the tough get going. Now, some of these I just pulled out of here because I enjoy them. The one scripture I used for that was found in Matthew 29. And he said, come, and when Peter was come down out of the ship, he walked on the water to go to Jesus. Now, how tough is that? Listen, you're tougher than you think you are. Don't sell yourself short when it comes to fighting the enemy. Number one, you've got the victory all the time because the Bible says we do, okay? Number two, you've got faith because the Bible says there's unto every man a, uh, there is given unto man a measure of faith. Okay, have you ever, ever have you seen the uh, thing on Facebook where it's a big fat finger and it's one little tiny mustard seed and said, "I've got this amount of faith. Don't make me use it." Yeah. It's time we used it. It's t- what do you believe in God for that hasn't come to pass yet? It's time to be- it's time to use your faith. It's time to step out on faith, just like Peter stepped out on the water. I have no idea. I don't know. I don't know how you did it. I don't know how he did it. I mean, you know, the Lord solidified the water obviously but it took faith for him I mean he was a fisherman he knew what he was doing he had been around it for years but no doubt when he stepped out of the boat he had to have some kind of tinge of doubt because he wondered if it was going to work until his foot hit the water amen let's go a little bit further now this one this one's kind of sort of for fun too but let's go to Joel chapter 2 Steve Joel chapter 2, as soon as I find it, and if I don't find it, I'm going to, here we go, okay, when it rains, it pours, and I also put this with it too, what's good for the goose is good for the gander, and what's really sad is for years, I didn't know what a gander was, (laughs) so when it rains, it pours, and what's good for the goose is good for the gander, watch this. and you shall know verse 27 chapter 2 Joel that i am the in the midst of israel and that i am the lord your god and none else and my people shall never be ashamed and it shall come to pass afterward that i will pour out my spirit upon all flesh when it rains it pours and your sons and your daughters shall prophesy your old men shall dream dreams Your young men shall see visions, and upon the servants and upon the handmaids in those days will I pour out my spirit, and I will shew wonders in the heavens and in the earth, blood and fire and pillar of smoke. The sun shall be turned into darkness and the moon turned into blood before the great and terrible day of the Lord come, and it shall come to pass that whosoever shall call on the name of the Lord shall be delivered in Mount Zion And in Jerusalem shall be deliverance, as the Lord hath said, and in the remnant, who the Lord shall call. It's time that we see Joel chapter 2 again, where the Spirit is poured out on all flesh. And let me tell you how it is, And and you can correct me if I'm wrong, but so many times at least early in my Christian walk, when the Holy Ghost would move, I'd be afraid to move because I'd be afraid I'd, I'd, I'd be in the flesh. You know, anybody ever thought that? Yeah, I, I'd be in the flesh. Well, let me tell you something. First of all, you're in the flesh. So get over that. Number two, it's going to be your faculties that the Holy Ghost uses. If you speak in tongues, he'll use your tongue. Hey, sweetheart. He'll use... Your hands to lay your hands on the sick, okay? He'll use your fleshly parts to move, you know? Well, if the Lord wants to shout me, he'll shout me. Are you kidding? It's your feet. It's your hands. You know what? I, and I've, I've told them this. There's so many times I feel so sorry for the praise I really do. Because, I mean, they're, they're pouring it out. I mean, they're giving it all, Okay? They are, they're just giving it all, and there's been times, I'll just use me for example so nobody gets offended, there's been times I've just stood there. I mean, they're giving it all. They're leading us into his presence, and I'm just standing there, just just looking around, you know? We need to go from observation to participation. We need to go from observation to participation. Okay. There's nothing wrong with watching for a minute or two, but there comes a time when you need to participate in worship. Well, I'm not comfortable with raising my hand, but let me see you extend your hand when they come with that lottery ticket that's won a million dollars, or 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 if you're against lottery, or the Publishers Clearinghouse come to your house, right? Or they give you keys to a new car, or they offer me a. Big Buford. <laughs> Sorry. My, my point is this, is when we come in here, when you come in here Sunday, this Sunday, let's make it this Sunday. I mean, I know it's Memorial Day weekend, or Labor Day weekend. I know people are going to be at the Pioneer Festival and all this sort of thing. Right. But when you come in this Sunday, be ready to worship Him. Okay? Just, just lay down all your inhibitions and lift your hands. You know, <coughs> And if you do this, I don't I'm not trying to offend you, but you may want to take it as a holy correction. Okay, I hate I don't want to say hate. I really don't like when the Holy Ghost is moving and and people are worshiping and we say lift your hands and give him praise. There's people. I hate that. Because understand this, you know when we get up and we say, well, lift your hands and give him some praise, we're not doing it as a control issue. You've got to understand that the Lord may use that very small thing as far as lifting your hands to for a breakthrough in your life. Or he may, there, there's been times that people need to be walking around the building that weren't. I, I, there's, you know, there's been times that people just need to just walk around the building. Why is that? Well, you know, the Bible says in, 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 the, in Bible days that there were seven days, Six days, the children of Israel walked around the walls of Jericho. Okay? Now, I understand that the walls were like three chariots thick. The walls were three <laughs> chariots thick. Let's, look, let's think about a suburban. Anybody know what a suburban looks like? Those are absolute tanks on the road. Let's say three suburbans thick. That's how, how thick the walls were. The. Forty feet wide, thank you. The Lord told them to, to march around the walls of Jericho one time a day for the first six days. <coughs> Excuse me. Now the thing about it is, well, on the seventh day, walk around the walls one day, one time each day for six days. On the seventh day, you're supposed to walk around the walls six times. And you're during those six one day, six, six days, once each day, and then six times on the seventh day, they weren't supposed to say a word. Now, to me, that's part of the miracle. That's part of the miracles. People didn't say a word. But then what was supposed to happen? On the seventh time around, they were supposed to shout, which they did, and then what happened? The walls fell Flat. They didn't just crinkle down. They fell flat, okay? And just sometimes we need to walk around the building. You know, let, 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 me, let me say this. If, if you have reservations about doing something, come and ask one of the pastors. You know, there's been times that my son Caleb, he said, you know, I've got a word from somebody. And, uh, and, and we've made an agreement. He's, he's going to tell me. And I'm going to say, well, hold on to it or give it. And he trusts me with that. But there's times I've told him, I said, let's hold on to it. Okay? Let's just hold on to that for a while. And then there's times I say, yeah, go ahead and give it. But if, if you've got an inkling to do something, come to one of us and say, hey, what do you think about this? Love us enough if we say, hey, not right now. Okay? That you'll do that and not get offended. But if we say, hey, yeah, go ahead, be ready to do it. Right? Amen. The Bible says obedience is better than sacrifice. Right? So if, if, if we say, hey, let's, let's hold off on that. while," don't get offended. Amen. So when the tough gets going or when the going gets tough, the tough gets going. When it rains, it pours. What's good for the goose is good for the gander. Listen. Ladies, you are just as entitled to the things of God as the men are. I got one amen from a lady. You know? Uh, if anybody treats a woman as a second-class citizen, bring them on over here. I'm serious. Bring them on over here. Number one, it's sin. Number two, you're treating a child of God like you ought not to be, right? And I don't, think, well, I don't think we get that problem in this church. But there's a big whole thing going on about women preachers and women teachers and all that sort of thing. Let me tell you something. Here's the way it is. That's one of the most anointed women I've ever seen, Amen. Period when she's leading us in worship, and when she's preaching the gospel. She is. And I say that to her face. I say it behind her back, okay? Because really, what you say behind their back is the real thing that you think about them, okay? What are you saying behind God's back? And I know, I know, you know, but what do you say about God behind his back? Are you saying, I love you, Lord, in, in, the, in front of the crowd, and I love you, Jesus, and I praise you, but behind his back, you don't. you don't. Thank you. You don't. And listen, there's a difference between I love you, Lord, and going through something. I'm not saying that. But I'm saying that we need to be who we are at home, like who we are at church, who we are in the office, who we are at Walmart. Amen? I'm talking about answers to your cliched life. Are you ready for this one? I, I liked this one, too. I'm running out of time. What rock did you crawl out from under? You ever heard that one? <laughs> what rock did you crawl out from under? Now, I just had fun with this one. 2 Samuel chapter 22, verse 47 said, The Lord liveth, and blessed be my rock, and exalted be the God of my, be the God of the rock of my salvation. Psalm 31, 2, bow down thy ear to me, deliver me speedily. Be thou my strong rock for an house of defense to save me. God is our rock. Okay? That's the reason we need to stay on the rock. Right? Psalm 62, 7, in God is my salvation and my glory. The rock of my strength and my refuge is in God. Psalm 94, 22, but the Lord is my defense, and my God is the rock of my refuge. The Lord is your defense. The Lord will defend you against the enemy. He will defend you against the enemy. No matter what you're going through, he will defend you. Another cliche, what goes around comes around. Can I get a witness? Absolutely. What goes around comes around. And the scripture to use there is Galatians 6, 7, 8, and 9. Be not deceived. God is not mocked. For whatsoever a man soweth, that shall he also reap. We always think about money when we talk about that scripture. But it's not just talking about finances. It's talking about what you sow into people, what you sow into the atmosphere. Verse 8 said, For he that soweth to his flesh shall of the flesh reap corruption. But he that soweth to the Spirit shall of the Spirit reap life everlasting. What are you putting into your account in heaven? Now, this does not mean that you don't have a savings account down here. And everybody said, okay, it, uh, that was, that was kind of weak. Well, pfft, everything's so expensive, I can't save anything. Start out with $10 a week. Start out putting money in a savings account for $10 a week. You'd be surprised, first of all, how fast time goes and how much it will accumulate. And the more you do that, as you pay your tithe and give your offerings, the Lord will will move for you financially. That is true. I've seen it. It's happened. It's happened to me. It's happened to my wife and myself. It's happened to my family. He is faithful when it comes to finances. Sometimes it's really close. And I want to say, did you hear me? But he is faithful. And You know, I've said this from the pulpit so many times, I really get tickled when I get up and talk about money. You can see it on people's faces. You can just see it. They're talking about money again. Listen, what's the Bible say that money does? Answereth all things. It's very simple. You've got to have money to do ministry. You've got to have money to live. You've got to have money to pay the electric bill and all those sorts of things. It, the problem comes in is when the, when it goes from just having money to loving money. It's <laughs> like the old saying love makes the world go round, but money greases the exactly. axles. <laughs> she says like the old saying says, Love makes the world go round, but love makes the world go round, but money greases the axles. <laughs> that's true that's true but the bible you know it's not wrong to have money you know i i want to be rich one day i do and i want to be rich one day to be able to pay somebody's electric bill that comes or to be in the line at walmart and somebody didn't have enough and and i want to pay that bill you know there's ministries around the region that you're doing great things for the Lord, I'd like to be able to participate in that, right? So I want to encourage you. You could have money, just don't love it. And don't love it more than the Lord, right? I don't love money. I don't have it long enough to love it. But the Lord is good, and he's faithful, and he, he will, he'll provide. Amen? In verse 9, in Galatians chapter 6, verse uh, 7, 8, and then verse 9 says, And let us not be weary in well-doing, for in due season we shall reap if we faint not. Keep allowing the Lord to work through you, and victory will come. Okay. So many times we get, we get tired. And there are times in our Christian walk, we get tired. Okay, me and Pastor, anybody else? You get tired. Okay, and when you get tired, you need the family. You need the family. I, I don't understand, folks. And if you're one of these people, please don't get offended at me. I'm looking at the wall so you don't get offended. I don't understand these folks that think I can come once a month and that's enough for me. It's not enough for me. Because just think about it this way. That's the truth. (laughs) Think about it this way. The service that you're going to miss because of the Super Bowl, well, that may very well be the service that the Lord had planned to give you what you needed, but you weren't there, right? So even when you're weary, you know what? Being weary is not a sin. Being weary is not a sin. When you're weary, what do you do? You go to the Father, you get up in his lap, and you allow him to minister to you. And how do you do that? Let me go back to Pastor Matt's sermon. You go to the secret place. You go to that secret place. Because he knows it all anyway, church. He knows what you're going through. He knows your doubts. He knows your fears. He knows your questions. He knows your shortcomings. He knows your victories. And you know what? He loves us. He loves us. You know, I like to say it some, something like this sometimes He loves me in spite of myself. Amen. So don't be weary and well <laughs> doing. Because the Bible says that you will reap if you faint not. Now, this one, I just had i just had fun with this one, okay? What goes up must come, must come down. In a moment, in the twinkling of an eye, at the last trump, for the trumpet shall sound, and the dead shall be raised incorruptible, and we shall be changed, for this corruption must put on... For this corruptible must put on incorruption, and this mortal must put on immortality. So, Jesus went up, but he's coming back down because he's coming back for us. Amen? I got six minutes. I want to finish with this. Revelation chapter 19, verse 14, for what goes up must come down. And the armies which were in heaven followed him, followed him upon white horses, clothed in fine linen, white and clean. We're going to go up, but we're coming back. We are coming back. And I I wanted to to read in Revelation chapter 19 where that verse come from. And I I just want you to hear a little bit of it. Excuse me. Listen to this. And after these things, I heard a great voice of much people in heaven saying, Alleluia, salvation and glory and honor and power unto the Lord our God. For true and righteous are his judgments. For he hath judged the great whore which did corrupt the earth with her fornication and hath hath avenged the blood of his servants at her hand. Can I tell you that that scripture where it says you'll reap what you sow, that's for the enemy as well. Right? Verse 3 And again they said, Hallelujah, and her smoke rose up forever and ever. And the four and twenty elders and the four beasts fell down and worshiped God that sat on the throne, saying, Amen, Hallelujah. And a voice came out of the throne, saying, Praise our God, all ye his servants, and ye that fear him, both great and small. And I heard, as it were, the voice of a great multitude, a great multitude. And as the voice of many waters, and as the voice of mighty thundering, saying, Alleluia, for the Lord God omnipotent reigneth. He reigns. He's all-powerful. The devil does not win. He does not have power over you, because God himself is all-powerful. And the church said, Amen. Amen. Ready for this? Let us be glad and rejoice and give honor to him, for the marriage of the Lamb is come, and his wife hath made herself ready. Are you in your wedding gown yet? Because we are the bride. We are the bride. Verse 8, and to her was granted that she should be arrayed in fine linen. Somebody say fine linen. Okay, somebody else say fine linen. It's not just the linen you find here. It's fine linen. Come on now. And for the fine linen is the righteousness of the saints. And he saith unto me, Write, blessed are they which are called unto the marriage supper of the Lamb. And he saith unto me, These are the true sayings of God. And I fell at his feet to worship him. And he said unto me, See thou do it not. I am thy fellow servant and of thy brethren that have the testimony of Jesus. Worship God for the testimony of Jesus is the spirit of prophecy. Verse 11. And I saw heaven open, and behold, a white horse. And he that sat upon him was called faithful and true in righteousness. He doth judge and make war. His eyes were as a flame of fire, and on his head were were many crowns. And he had a name written that no man knew but he himself. And verse 13 says, And he was clothed with a vesture dipped in blood. His name is called the Word of God. Can I tell you that... I reread that scripture today, and I had always thought that the vesture dipped in blood was was a piece of, of something down his thigh. But it's not. The vesture that's dipped in blood is his whole clothing. It's the whole covering. It's been dipped in blood. Blood of who? The blood of Jesus Christ who washes us from our sins. And then verse 14 said, And the armies which were in heaven followed him upon white horses clothed in fine linen. You'll not see that word like that anymore the same way you did. White and clean. I'm telling you two things. Number one, Jesus Christ is coming again. And it is sooner than any of us think. Stand with me, would you please? Hallelujah. Father, we just thank you for your presence tonight. And Lord, I just speak victory to this people tonight lord i speak to those that the enemy has absolutely simply tried to wear them out and god i just speak reinvigoration of the presence of god in their life lord i just speak more of the word into their life father as they get into that secret place Lord, I pray that the Holy Spirit will meet them there, that they can leave that secret place empowered with the Holy Ghost and with the faith of God, knowing that they can defeat the devil in every situation. And God, I just speak your peace over this this family of God tonight. I just pray that you will allow them to walk out of here in the power of the Spirit. Father, being ready to minister for your glory, even if it's just a smile, or of a word of encouragement to someone that needs it. God, I thank you for that. I thank you for our time together. And Lord, I thank you for these folks that have given their time to be here tonight. God, we thank you for it, and we give you praise in the name of Jesus. And everybody in agreement said? Amen. Amen. God bless you. We'll see you Sunday morning. Amen. Thank you for listening today to The Living Godcast. We trust and pray that you are blessed by today's word. If you would like to contact us for prayer or for more information about Church of the Living God, please visit our Facebook page at WinCityCOLG or give us a call at 859-745-1865.